0: Beyond the Mic with Sean
1: Dillon. We're joined on the star line by a recovering attorney. He took those years of experience in front of a judge, turned it into a series of books starring the down on his luck Burr Lafayette, including the new one, Bare Bones, Murder at Sleeping Bear Dunes. We welcome author Charles Cutter. Thank you, Sean. Let's go beyond the mic. 43 years of practicing law after getting your Juris Doctor from Michigan, your BA from Michigan State, majoring in English and Finance, and a graduate of Waverly High School. How did those years of experience help you create Burr Lafayette?
0: Contrary to what some people think, I'm not Burr. My behavior is almost always way better than his, but there are some, <laughs> probably probably some, some similarities. One of the similarities is that we both went to the University of Michigan Law School. It's sort of a snobby law school, and a bunch of my classmates down there don't like it that, there's a down on his luck U of M attorney who is the protagonist in these courtroom dramas. I didn't practice law for all that long. I practiced long enough to know that I wasn't going to be that good at it. And both me and the profession would be better if I were doing something else. But I did learn an awful lot about, you know, trial practice and legal procedure and the ins and outs of the practice of law, which I think hopefully comes through in these books because there's always some you know, legal ins and outs. You know, Burr's personal life is kind of a mess, but he's a brilliant lawyer, and he usually finds a way, you know, to snatch victory from the jaws of defeat. And so I think the law part of, law part of my background really helped write these
1: books. Now, when you were a lawyer, your specialization was what?
0: Well, I was actually intrigued with trial practice, and then, you know, I did a little bit of that, and you know, the part that everybody sees on TV and the part that's romanticized and probably the part that I romanticize is, you know, the lawyer is gunslinger in the courtroom and it's not really like that. I mean, it is once you get that far, but I think well over 95% of all cases are settled. And that's the way the system's designed because it's very expensive to try a case, whether it's criminal or civil. So, the system's designed to get these things to settle. So, there's all kinds of research that's done, all kinds of sort of in the office stuff that I thought was really boring. And, um, and I wasn't really good at that part. I'm probably a little too outgoing and possibly a little too ADD to be able to to sit there and do all that. So, that was the part that helped me decide that I would be, we'd all be better off if I was doing something else.
1: You believe in the old school power of the yellow legal pad how has writing and editing on the yellow pad freed you
0: well it's freed me in the sense that well so here's what i do or this is what i started to do after the first couple books i knew about how long i wanted them to be so i went you know to staples and i bought 25 yellow pads and i put them on the corner of my desk and when those pads were filled up the book was done and that kind of really helped focused me so I didn't get you know too long-winded about things and it also allowed me to take that yellow pad anywhere I wanted and I could work on the book so once that was done though then I do the editing on a computer but it's it's really been liberating I think for me to write on a yellow pad because I can scratch things off if I get mad I can crumple up the piece of paper and throw it away and it's really allowed me to be portable so that I think that part really helps it's also i've read this it's easier to be creative on a writing by hand than on a computer i don't know if that's true but i think it's true for me
1: we're talking to author charles cutter beyond the mic burr has transformed from the series the fool's errand to the pink pony to the gray drake and now bare bones murder at sleeping bear dunes what subtle changes has burr undergone over these books
0: i would say that now he's not quite such a one-man band. He has a partner, Jacob Wertheim, and a long, long-standing, long-suffering legal assistant, Eve McGinty, and they're more prominent characters than they used to be, and he leans on them for more, and they, they're they a bigger part of the book. The other thing, I think maybe the biggest thing is, in the first book, he was coming off a, a marriage that by his own admission he ruined. The first book really deals with that, subsequent books especially this one there's more of a romantic interest and you know he he lost his practice and his marriage because of this disastrous affair and now he's slightly in the he's in the process of putting his life back together sort of so I I think that's the, the progression that we're seeing I don't think he's anywhere near ready to get remarried but he is ready to I think have a relationship
1: you use Northern Michigan as an additional character with every location as detailed from a man who's lived there all his life. Why was using Northern Michigan area important to you?
0: Well, probably the first thing, which is the old writers saw, is they'll write what you know about, and I certainly knew about that, and so that made a big difference. I'm also, though, I spent a lot of time outdoors, and I love being outdoors, and I wanted to make the settings really Part of the book. A lot of books, which are fine books, could really take place anywhere. These books, really, I think, are central to Northern Michigan in particular, and you really get a you really get a sense of place with it. They've been called brutal murders in beautiful places. There's usually something special about all of the settings for these books, and I get a lot of comments from people either who live in Michigan who say, "Well, you know what? I've been there, and that's just how it was." And then once in a while. Somebody says, I've been there and you really need to fix this. And I get a lot of people who are not from Michigan who say, geez, I never knew that's what Michigan was like. I think the setting really helps tell the story, especially in, in bare bones.
1: Burr is such an unusual character. He is almost very awkward. He is, I, it's just so interesting that he prefers sailboats and his dog, rather than courtrooms and clients, and they almost seem, courtrooms and clients almost seems a nuisance. They almost seem to be a something that he has to long suffer through so he can enjoy sailboats and dogs.
0: Yeah, I'd say that's right. I also think that he's probably, might be mildly depressed, and he's a little bit of a, I use this in the book, he's a sort of a man at loose ends and hasn't really quite found himself after what happened at his at this big law firm he was at. So some of that, I think, is probably a little bit of his being lost. Some of it is the fact that he does love to do these things. And on the other hand, he has this great gift in the courtroom, and he does have bills to pay. So I think it's a a combination of all those things.
1: What litigators, judges, fellow attorneys that you've known that have continued to practice help you develop Burr's legal opponents and the situations that he has faced?
0: Well, I've been either partners or adversaries with a bunch of really good lawyers and then also had, when I needed it, some really good lawyers represent me. And and I probably shouldn't name names, but there are some of these characters are certainly drawn, at least in part, from real-life people. And I would say that the best lawyers that I know have this real dogged, pursuit, and I like to tell you it's a pursuit of the truth, but it's really, and maybe it is, but it's also just the pursuit of victory. They're really, really intense, driven, competitive people, and there's a bunch of lawyers like this in here and a number of judges, and you don't have to be a big city lawyer to be a great lawyer uh, or a great judge, and I think there's some of that, hopefully, in all these books.
1: Charles Cutter is the author, Bear Bones, Murder at Sleeping Bear Dunes is the book, and he joins us beyond the mic. Who is more curious, you or your character, Burr?
0: Oh, I'm pretty curious. I'd probably have to say that I'm curious. I get people sometimes get annoyed because I ask too many questions about things, trying to find out what's going on. Burr's pretty curious, but I'm probably more curious. But he drinks more than I do.
1: Now, my sister is a recovering attorney like you. Why do you think lawyers get a bad rap?
0: Well, they get a bad rap probably for a couple reasons, but, you know, one of which is that they're representing their clients and they're trying to win and, you know, they do things to win that sometimes they're largely within the rules. Maybe sometimes they are, but they're really, you know, as I said earlier, they're sort of the tip of the iceberg because they're representing their clients wishes And without a client, a lawyer wouldn't be doing what they're doing so they're really the spear you know and the spear has a point on it and the point can do damage so i think you know 99 percent of the lawyers that i know or have dealt with are really terrific people but like in every other profession there are some people that just are kind of sleazy and unsavory and that's that's just how it is they're also sort of showmen and the i mean a bunch of the litigators are and they You know, they kind of, I don't know that it's a bad rap, but they're standing out in front of the whole world to see, you know, that sometimes their worst characteristics are on display.
1: How have you spent this quarantine period? Have you been writing more books? Have you been more hiding? Have you been spending time with your wife, cats, and dogs?
0: You know, I think at the very beginning, I don't know that I was in hiding or our family was, but we certainly were kind of reclusive. And I had an office that's like, if I have to stop at the stop sign, it's four minutes. If it's not, if I don't have to stop, it's two minutes. But I worked at home, and one of the things that came came out of this was I don't really need that office. So I gave that office up. I'd say we've been careful. I have spent more time with my wife, cats, and dogs. One of our kids is at home right now because he's getting a master's at Michigan State, which is pretty much right across. it. You could throw a paper airplane to Michigan State. where we live so I spent more time with everybody no one's killed anybody yet I think probably for around here it's been helpful that it was sort of spring and summer so we could all you know be outside I would say that you know this terrible pandemic sort of caused me to kind of exam you know examine probably a lot of people examine parts of their life and what what they're doing and what's important and what isn't.
1: Well, time's running out. So it's time for the rocking eight, eight random questions answer with the first thing that comes to your mind. There is no pressure. <laughs> if it pleases the court. Okay. Largest fish that you've caught fly fishing. Steelhead. How big was it?
0: It was 11 pounds on a fly rod, but my son caught one that was 16.
1: You've graduated from both places, Michigan and Michigan state. If the two are playing, who do you root for?
0: Machine State.
1: Would you ever consider litigating a case you lost in real life as a Burr Lafayette mystery?
0: You know, I think if I disguised it enough, I might. And there's a number of them that were losers. But I think there's some sort of attorney-client privilege and privacy there that I just have to make sure I was very careful about disguising everything. And you know what? None of my cases were as interesting as Burr's.
1: <laughs> Favorite breed of dog?
0: Boy, that's a tough... I'd have to say a Labrador Retriever, but English setters, I don't want my English setter to hear that, but English setters close behind.
1: Shh, I won't tell. Favorite place to write?
0: Kitchen table.
1: Your character Burr Lafayette said, quote, I spent all my money on boats, booze, and women. The rest I wasted, unquote. Where have you spent most of your money on?
0: Well, I'd say I've been happily married for a long time. Probably both dogs, fishing, and also my wife.
1: Okay. So what was the last gift you gave your wife?
0: Uh, My wife is a master gardener, and she loves gardening. And she has more plants than I can even begin to name. But I bought her, well, I actually, I gave her the money to buy the plants that she wanted for her garden.
1: Now, growing up, did you want to be a lawyer?
0: Well, I started out, my family were all engineers, and I started out. In college, as an engineering student, I lasted one day, and then I decided that that was another good thing for me not to do, and then I thought about medicine, and then that, and science really wasn't my thing either, so I, you know, gravitated to the liberal arts, and I never really wanted to practice law, but I wanted to go to law school, and believe it or not, at the time, I could earn almost enough money in the summer to pay for law school, so it was a pretty easy choice. Most of my time I spent in the media business after practicing law.
1: He always roots for Michigan State. The largest fish he's caught fly fishing was a steelhead. And his latest book, Bare Bones, Murder at Sleeping Bear Dunes, is available now. We thank author Charles Cutter for joining us today.
0: Thanks, Sean. It was a pleasure.
1: And that, my friends, is Beyond the Mic.